The following podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes in HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. This particular podcast will also contain spoilers for an unreleased Arya chapter in The Winds of Winter during the Bravos section. Timestamps will be provided in the show notes if you want to skip past this part. Also, spoilers to Harry Potter for some reason. Yeah, I mean, the, the Skagos is too good for the show anyway. They don't deserve it, so we don't need it. Let us have Skagos. We don't need the show to have Skagos. We exactly. have Skagos anyway. Exactly. Right. Greg, do your butler voice from Skagos. That was Alex. That was not me. <laughs> Alex, do your butler oh, voice from Skagos. You want the Skagos, but you need the bad pussy. I don't think that was it. That is not the line I recall from our fun uh, North episode. Welcome to the Vassals of Kingsgrave Dragoncast Edition. We're back this week to review the fifth episode of Game of Thrones Season 6, The Door, directed by Jack Bender, written by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. My name is Zach, also known as Alias on the Forums, and joining me for this review, we have... It is I, Jon Snow. And... Also, Adam, in real life. How <laughs> <laughs> do I follow that up? <laughs> I'm just being Chushan on the Forums. I'm not very special. Hey, it's uh, Jack. It rhymes with Sleek on the Forums. This is Matt, Riley on the forums. This is Alex, known as Lucky Charms on the forums. This is Greg, Claudius the Fool on the forums. This is Katie, Lady Griffin on the forums, here to complain about white splaining again, all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. Look, white nice. walker splaining. <laughs> Two thumbs up. <laughs> Looking yeah. forward to it. And uh, this is Jeff, Jeff14 on the forums. And there you go. So yes, back again for yet another episode of Game of Thrones, and another very interesting one, so I'm sure that we'll have many... <laughs> Many things to say about it. I look forward to hearing what you all think, of course. Let's do that now, starting with the lemon cakes, with you, Adam. Oh, man. Can I, I, I yeah, I don't know. We were, I think we were talking about this a little last night. Um, I really liked the episode, but there are some things I didn't like, and I don't want to give it too high of a rating, so I think I'm going to give it, like, I'm going to give it, like, a five and a three at the same time. It's going to be, like, Schrodinger's lemon cake, it, you know. It's it's somewhere in there. It's fitting for this you, episode. Yeah. I think you just gave it a four, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Math. No, no, they exist at the same time and separately, and they do not average out. That's not how it works. Okay. Bing, what is what is your rating? Since Paul isn't here, I'm going to live up to his tradition and give it a, a 3.852. All right. Because? Uh, the last scene was really lame. That's it. Okay. And the rest of the episode was good, but the last scene was really Unpopular lame. opinions here. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so what did you think, Jack? Well, I think hold the phone. It was amazing. It was awesome. I uh, I would give it maybe four and a half. Okay. Pretty. Do you think it was better than last week? Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of weird inconsistencies in this season, but I'm just basically judging it on the plot now. And Matt? Well, I gave it a three on the forums, but um, second viewing, I think I was just too full of emotion of the shittiness of <laughs> yep. losing fucking uh, summer and hodor in like the same like summer. two seconds oh my god yeah. brutal so i'm gonna i think i'm gonna bump it up to a 4.25 um oh wow there's a lot of good stuff a, a lot of book spoilery things which uh you know D D need to shut the fuck up um, <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get to that yep and that's it all right and alex thoughts i would give this episode three 
warts on an uncircumcised penis out of five. Not to say this was an average episode, but I'd say that's like a mean value because there were some very high highs and there were some very low lows. Did so, you say an amine? A mean value. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Please edit that out. I feel bad about that. <laughs> you should know by now that anytime you ask something to be edited out, yeah. that just I highlighted it. Yeah, highlighted it. <laughs> you just became the bumper, Matt. There you go. Craig, what did you think? It's like Adam said, it's tough to give an overall rating. Like at this point, I feel like the ratings are kind of, they don't mean anything to me because there were parts of it I loved and parts of it that were some of the worst stuff I've seen, like the King's Moot and everything. Hmm. And uh, I'm just going to give it like a, eh, that's my rating. <laughs> All right. We <laughs> got an eh for Gre- from Greg. And Katie, what did you think? I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. It was so much fun. Uh, yeah, woo. Shut I wish up, I guys. could share your enthusiasm, Katie. <laughs> yeah, I think you Me too. don't understand the word fun. <laughs> Maybe. Sure. I don't know, like every scene had energy and actual emotion mm-hmm. instead of bland, like bland monologuing at each other, which is what sometimes the characters end up doing. I, it mm-hmm. just, I enjoyed every single scene, like nothing irritated me. You, even that random dick was kind of fun, even though it was... Because <laughs> they lingered on it for hey. five seconds. I it was didn't so even notice it the that first was... time. What? <laughs> it was just I was writing something down. Not interesting, but whatever. I, I, I appreciate that D&D are like, we'll give him some male nudity here. Dick there in the place. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought the last episode was completely over the top and awesome in the best way possible. It was just, it was fun. And mm-hmm. it's not often that Game of Thrones feels like a roller coaster ride. And, you know, if it's dumb, I don't care. I just want to have fun watching the show right now. And so, yeah, this was a good episode for me. Are you Katie for real? <laughs> this is how it goes with Katie, I think. She either really loves it or, or doesn't. Yeah. This is what I expect. Hmm. This is not a side of Katie I've seen before. <laughs> Jeff. Um, I've accepted that I'm just a pessimist, so I mm-hmm. give it a three and a half. <laughs> For me, the King's Moot fell flat, and then the last scene, them throwing grenades, and then the magical door that appears. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> the door. Oh, we, we need a door in this cave now. Oh, I just got it. The door. It just made sense. I just got it. The cave that's actually <laughs> well, like a perfectly defined tunnel. Well, well that's because there were, there were two doors. Yeah, yeah they installed. That's those, because uh, Bran went back in time to install the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or if you watch the behind the scenes, Bran the, the Builder, the prop department. Bran the Builder, you got it. Or the interior <laughs> designer, as we've discussed before. But yeah, I, I'm very tempted to give this episode five lemon cakes as well. It was it was a five for me even before the final sequence uh, on my first watch. But after watching it again, I, I wasn't very fond of the King's Moot either, so I'd probably give it like a four and a half. Mm. But yeah, like for, for the most part, I really enjoyed the episode as a whole. I thought, like Katie said, there was a ton of energy, and I also really liked that it felt like a lot of moments were really like set in the history of the world. It felt a lot more like that, like a Song of Ice and Fire, Westerosi universe. I really liked, of course, the part with the play, and there was a lot of, of good stuff that was both funny and also just, you know, got me into it. So, yeah, I, I like this episode a lot, too. First, of course, we'll start with our first location. Again, this episode, we'll be discussing them location by location, covering everything that happened in each major locale. Before moving on, starting with the wall, 
where we have Sansa receiving a letter with a Mockingbird sigil and going to Molestown with Brienne to confront Littlefinger. She demands to know if Littlefinger was aware of his cruelty. He denies, deflects, and dances around the issue when Sansa asks, asks what he thinks Ramsay did to her. Sansa tells him to leave and never return, but before he leaves, he tells her that the Blackfish has retaken River Run. So, as we predicted, we get the confrontation with Littlefinger and Sansa. He's not dead yet, but yeah, we got this, so thoughts? She's got to kill him herself. She's not going to Brienne do it. I thought Sansa should have killed Littlefinger because then the Vale Knights down at Moat Kaelin would have assumed he was killed by the Boltons, and they would have come storming up and helped her anyways, without Baelish. They were all actually what? standing outside the, you know, the little thing there, so they would have... The room? Yeah. <laughs> why why isn't she Knight. using the Vale Knights? Pride. Because she has so many men that she's pride? like... I think it's... it's Bitterness. Yeah, hatred. It's just trust. Distrust, I guess. Is there... Okay, like, there was new information, I think, in this scene, like, where she's talking about, like, what Ramsey... Did he, like, cut things off of her in inappropriate areas or like it, i don't know they haven't said it exactly but it seems like way worse than what i even thought Ugh. she was like everything below my face he just kind of did whatever he wanted with and i was like oh i thought he just beat her mm-hmm. i thought that was referring to raping yeah i, yeah, I just no. thought it was Littlefinger being an idiot and like that's that's the worst he can kind of contextualize it for himself as like oh did he cut you or hit you and she's like no dumbass he yeah, raped me that's how i read it as well he's just well he's i thought dancing around I, wasn't that the first thing she said though and he's like yeah he did that but then he did other stuff too i thought i, I thought that she's like yeah she, he beat me and then like other things and then he naively says like cut and like i took it like she was laughing like are you that naive obviously oh, okay yeah me too. it was way more emotional yeah. and worse yeah. So, do we think that that Littlefinger is legitimately rattled here, or he's playing an act? How do you guys interpret? Who the fuck knows with Littlefinger? It feels uh, half I, and half, doesn't it? Yeah. Like he he's underestimated her ability to stand up to him. Like this was not the way that he thought this uh, encounter was going to be scripted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not literally scripted, but you know, in his head. Yeah. But also, I don't know. I feel like he's the kind of person that he, any blow that comes his way is just going to glance off of him because he has already so many balls in the air so yeah it seemed like he had regained some semblance of control at the end but who knows for what reason i don't quite understand what he thought he could gain by driving a wedge between sansa and john yeah i don't know either last comment yeah that was odd i think he wants sansa to rely on him i don't know exactly i agree obviously yeah. yeah Yeah, and he was expecting like a broken Sansa to like come seek his protection or something, and then there she is being all strong, and he's like, uh, "Audible." But like then it's like he forgot his own like season four. Like I don't know, whatever. Um, well, he I definitely. Just, I think he definitely expected her to accept his offer to have the Vale Knights. He didn't expect them to send the Vale Knights home. And well, she should accept the offer, but absolutely, that's worth screaming at the screen. Yes, you need these fucking knights. You can't just take Winterfell with ten thousand wildlings. And eventually, they're gonna probably. Mean. It's gonna happen probably. Two thousand, I forget what it was. Yes. And a giant. They have a giant. But it, it seems like they don't yeah. know what to do with Littlefinger. Like maybe they they are they're still trying to play the game of, of you know is he genuine? Is he you know into stuff? But like after he gives Sansa away to a rapist, you're like oh okay well he's just a dick. And now they, they even here they she calls him out on that, and like either you're an idiot or. Yeah. You know, you're you're my enemy, right. and I and I think we're supposed to believe he's an idiot, which kind of makes it all like I don't know. It's yeah. it's bad either I way. We I think we brought this up probably last season when you know that all that mm-hmm. went down. Does that 
the only out that, that we can give him is that maybe he actually doesn't know because Ramsey was basically not on his radar until he very recently. He doesn't know about his whole past, but if he knows anybody in the North, he has the reputation, and everybody knew who the bastard of Bolton was. Yeah, you know, really even no if excuse, even if he doesn't know, though, it's a pretty. I mean, it's still a pretty dumb move, but yeah. Oh, I I think he knew. I think he planned it out. I think he purposely married Sansa off to the Boltons to have an excuse to drag all the Vale Knights out of the Vale and use them. Well, yeah, th- yeah, that part makes sense. Jack, you make a good point that it seems like the, the at least in this instance, the game was to to get the Vale Knights out of there. But like, yeah, what's the next step? We're not really sure at this point. So we have the whole Are thing you, with you, River Run. Michal actually proposed that this could be. This could be a lie on his part that he's leading them into a trap. Uh, do we believe this could be possible? No. With him, anything's possible. I hadn't thought about it until she mentioned it, and I still don't know what I think about it. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, it suits his character, but the, the only reason why I can't really buy into that is because it feels like it, this is clearly I'm applying book context here, which may come back to bite me, but it feels like they're staging it, so it's going to play out in a pseudo-similar way that we're at in the book right now in, in uh, the end of A Dance yeah. with Dragons, yeah. where Jamie goes to River Run, Brienne goes to River Run, and the Blackfish is there. And, and they, kind of, they're like, doing just the in, whole River inserting John yeah. for Stannis. Yeah. It could also be inserting Baelish if he uses the Knights of the Vale to say, take King's Landing later in later seasons. That could be an equivalent of, like, Aegon and the Golden Company maybe taking king's landing later in the books if they need someone outside to take over king's landing and then maybe get deposed did someone honk what was that i think it's a phone yeah somebody honked i think it's a phone <laughs> no i think it's a phone yeah that was a disagree was a no. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think uh we'll see the veil knights return with the wildlings versus boltons on one side or the other be like be like the I big like, like hero like, thing like the wildlings yeah. are about to fall and they, yeah if we're gonna get the big battle it's gonna be the wildlings the boltons and then you're gonna have the veil knights show up you're gonna have the other it's gonna be a whole like battle of five armies but in the north so like let's just say for like the idea of Blackfish actually has River Run, mm-hmm. and he wants to help Sansa. Who is he going to leave in charge of River Run, or is he going to come up himself? Because that's like the major point: is they need his expertise. Is he just going to abandon River Run to go into an area he's never been before? Lady Stoneheart. The rides, one time. The rides Wayne yeah. and Sir Robert Riger at River Run. They're exactly. very capable of holding on. <laughs> Sir Desmond that. Grout too. Yeah. Desmond Grout. Oh, Jesus. I just think the show doesn't, doesn't, Sir, Sir does not exist. Three Musketeers of River Run. <laughs> the show just doesn't buy into these logistics. I just feel like like they don't care if there's a Castellan back at the castle. It's just assumed that it's not an issue, right? Yeah, and we well, and we didn't yeah. even mention the the little finger magic carpet. You know. The fact that he's the at Old Town already. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'll show that you the world. Which I'm not. I'm, I don't gripe <laughs> too much. I know people do gripe about how people get so quickly everywhere, but at this point, that's just what they yeah, do. It's been happening I, for five seasons. Like, what do we expect at this point? And this it's well, it's okay because there's passage of time. You can say it's been a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. But this tells me it's taken. I don't know how long it takes to get. Let's say it takes two weeks in the show to get to Mole's Town from where he was. Let's just that's generous. How do you even get there? There's tons of stuff. In, there's only like two or three routes you can get from. It's Mo probably Gale faster by ship. Well, how yeah. did they get there? In well, the first it just place. sounds like he just went straight up the King's Road, just hard riding. Yeah, but up the King's Winterfell Road. is in the middle of the King's Road. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, you can sneak around because the army's <laughs> doing Caitlin. Two hundred men in full armor, in their horses, and like. Ramsey doesn't know about it at all. 
No, because obviously Ramsey's like the smartest person ever and can... He's he's too busy murdering everyone. These are 200 really good men. These are really good (laughs) men. That's right. (laughs) This is like 10,000 men. At his disposal. (laughs) But I think like here, here, I don't think it's as big of a deal just for for the logistics part as it is like, oh, well, now Rickon's been in prison for like probably a month now. And so he's not... Yeah, the the longer... maybe. The longer I have to think about him... You know, with a bored Ramsey and Winterfell, the less likely I think good things are going to come out of that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. so a good point. He did not have any presence in this episode for the first time, so that's that's exciting. Thank yeah. God. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and go to the next half. We get on the wall. Whoop. So so we have John, Sansa, and Davos laying out their options of retaking Winterfell and finding themselves hopelessly outnumbered unless they can rally the remainder of the Northern Houses to their aid, particularly House Manderly and House Mormont. Sansa tells John of the potential for Tully's support, but lies about where she learned it from. Sansa sends Brienne in her stead to meet with the Blackfish, and the party leaves Castle Black. Dollar said the new Lord Commander, kind of, closes the gate behind them. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a really good moment at the end there, where like the guy just runs back to close the gate. It, it really felt <laughs> like the Night's Watch is utterly depleted at this point. It is. There's 12 guys and 600 wildlings. Yeah. And we also... <laughs> yeah, just, it was like... Monty Python. Minor note, we do, we do get John saying, don't let it fall while I'm gone, or something of that effect. So, yeah. bear in mind. That's, that's, yeah. So that's it, it for the was, wall, huh? It was great just to get that map scene. I mean, I, I had paused it just to look at it, but, you know, you had basically Winterfell in the center of their northern world. But just to see, like, you know, we had complained for so long, or at least I did, that the Mandalays weren't even in it, and it was just like the Boltons, the Umbers, and the Starks, that's it. And then the Scar Starks, I guess. But you actually had them name the Kerwins, and um, you know, the, the Mormonts again. It was great to see that, and you know these these are all going to come to... I hope that they're all going to come and play a role uh, in, in upcoming episodes. Tell the truth, were you wearing your doublet? I was not wearing my doublet. My doublet is once a year. <laughs> One nitpick, uh, though, is like I just wish like when they were saying the names, they would actually zoom into where their area was and not just like talk about a random house and they're zoomed over the Mormons and then talk about. I think they were talking about like the Karstark. I mean, they were talking about the Mormons and they were over Karstark. Then they're talking about like the Glovers and they're over some other place. Like, how hard would it have been just to like slowly progress with the right names? Do the Just opening like, take credit a break. sequence. Yeah, they take yeah. a break and do, and do a new credit sequence. For that scene. <laughs> they'll, they'll get to that when, the, when, it, when they show up on the map in the opening credits. So that would be work. great if like the music just started playing. <laughs> <laughs> Dollar's head was slowly moving the piece around. And then the verse castle started popping up on the map. No, but it could be in the world like the Reigns of Castamere. It's like a version of the show theme. And you turn around like, what are you playing? Oh, it's just something from my home. There is a, <laughs> it's a, the Bear Island Boogaloo. There is an old interview of George way back when where he was really hoping for this. I think it was in the episode he wrote in season one. Where he was really hoping for this scene where he could, where they could like have be, the part where they're mustering all the northern houses. The ravens could, like, going yeah, out. The ravens flying yeah. out and getting all the letters. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes the show doesn't get what, what we want, but, but yeah, I mean, not a big deal. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it get, uh, we get what we need, though. I guess so. Oh. Did anybody else think Sansa's like comment to Davos was kind of naive? I thought like she reached the point where she would know more or less the hearts of men and wouldn't say like, "Well, in the North they value honesty over all everything else." It seems more like what Sansa would say a year ago. I don't know. I feel like if John had said that, everyone would be nodding their heads like, "Oh yeah, Northerners, fuck yeah." I think she just has this. Maybe it's because, like, Sophie Turner doesn't feel very commanding to me. 
and it, it's kind of like I don't know her acting felt very out of place in that scene. She just felt very casual and almost high schooly <laughs> when everyone yeah. else is like in the pseudo medieval play. She's just I don't know. It felt very strange. I mean, especially after like the power she had in the scene with Littlefinger, and like yeah. then she just like fades back. The line Super I thought sweet. was odd from Sansa was the bit. Unless I'm missing something here, the bit where he, he she's like Ramsay is just as much Rhys Bolton's son as John is Eddard Stark's. Like, what was the point of that statement? Yeah, I thought that was that like a complicit or just a plain insult or, or what? I think I think she was just trying to say that like he his he has as much legitimacy as a Bolton as John does as a Stark. Like, and I don't think she meant it as like a dick thing. Yeah, but, but she, that's what they're fighting against, is that this guy's not the actual, you know, Lord of Winterfell. He and she is, because well, they were they were pointing out that, like, hey, John's not really a Stark. Oh, I thought I thought it was, like, he's as cruel as his father as, like, John is as, like, loyal or truthful or, you know, honorable as his father. So are they just going to, like, meet the Manderleys, like, on the road or at their castle? Well, from what I get, they're like going to go on some grand tour of the north, like just picking up people as they go. And like Stannis did. God, I really hope they yeah. do that, but yeah. But they guess... didn't mention like the clans or anything, so it's just going to be like I guess the Serwins, the yeah. Car- the Starks are with Ramsay, so yeah. I don't know. Isn't there that like other Starks who's actually du- a double agent? I forget his name. Who's Arnoff? Yeah, Arnoff. He, I don't think he's in it, but yeah. I don't think this this dude's just Stark and Manderly. There's no Guys. like specific. When the Manderleys roll up with, like, three huge pies, who's going to be, like, fist-pumping? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I figured that big time. Big time fist pumping. I just hope they still sent Davos to White Harbor to treat with Manderley so we can get that scene. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that would be good. Some bastardized version. Of, even though there's no need for him to go to Skagos or to, for Wex to show up, you know, but it would just be cool to get that even as, like, an homage to the to the books. My, my yeah, impulse for the show is always, like, this will never happen, but I guess they do have a, a couple episodes here to build to what I assume is, like, the episode 9 or 10 battle. So, I guess there's time for them to actually do things. Let's maybe. Let's hope, I guess. Yeah, if Davos goes to the Manderleys, though, what's going to happen? The Manderleys are going to be like, "Fetch me my liege lord." It's like, no, dude, that's what I came here to get you to help out with. <laughs> they could, uh, they could kind of do a plot line like Mance Raiders in the book, where Davos would go to White Harbor and they'd go, "Well, get Rickon," and so he has to sneak into Winterfell and kidnap Rickon or something. That's yeah, that's actually really smart because they, they've simplified other things doing it. You know, where they kind of do it how it's in the books, but in a different way. Makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, it's easy to sneak in and out of places. It's just you know hard to fight dogs. So well, he can sail. She can right. sail his ship into Winterfell. You know, and, he's a smuggler, not a ninja. It's it's not hard to fight a dire wolf. Just reg- regular dogs are hard to fight. Get there, Matt. <laughs> right. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. I'm not gonna lie. It fucking pissed me off. Yeah, let's go ahead and move to the next bit. In Bravos, where Arya is practicing with the wave, goes badly as she is beaten with stick and without stick. Jaken takes her to the Hall of Faces and tells her the story of how the faceless men and Bravos began as slaves to Valyria. He gives her one last chance to prove her worth with an assignment to kill an actor named Lady Crane. Arya goes to the performance of Forest of King Robert's Death and Ned Stark's execution and sneaks backstage to get an eyeful of the performers. Very much so. When Arya returns to the House of Black and White, she begins asking questions about the nature of the contract, but Jaqen tells her that the servants don't ask questions. So yeah, this was maybe my favorite scene of the episode. I just really love the, the, the play. Agreed. The mummers. It was really fun. Well, wasn't that the play that they were doing in Mercy? Yep. Yes. Yeah, which we, I, I'm going to say we we're, we can talk about Mercy. I'll put a spoiler for this section. Yeah, I, if you guys want to make comparisons, go ahead. It's fine. Who loved her acting, like, when she was, like, seeing her father's execution again? Oh, mm. Heartbreaking. 
Where'd you get that, that VIP one? backstage pass? <laughs> Dude, faceless man hype. Come on. Yep. And the dwarf definitely looked like David Benioff. I don't know if anyone else looked like, looked like a version of David Benioff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> You aren't the only one. Yeah, I mean, I just really love, like, it's totally the kind of thing, like, the, the kind of layout you'd expect in the books where Ned Stark and Tyrion are painted as the instigators and the evil people, whereas Cersei and Joffrey are painted very sympathetically. Is it weird that this is all the way across the, the sea, though? I don't think like, so. Do they, do they care over there about this sort of well, thing? They care about right? making fun of it, and there's some yeah. playwright that would do it, right? That's the idea of mercy, yeah. right? There's just some playwright that would write about this. Serial Pharrell's uh, brother, right? Something Pharrell? Pharrell something. Well, these actors were obviously from Westeros because they all had, you know, Cockney accents, but uh, they also love good actors. I also love how they slipped a little kind of, I don't know, a nod or maybe an FU to us in there, you know, like, the winds of winter are coming. Like, yeah. I literally said, like, yeah. the fuck? No, that could <laughs> be a, a nod or a fuck you. No, that was not that. I definitely had, I definitely exclaimed when that when that happened. Things like this, this did happen back then. Yeah. In, in Europe, oh, yeah. in China, and yeah, it's, this is the way of spreading current news. Just make, and making fun of it. Well, I mean, Shakespeare had, like, what, half a dozen plays just about certain reigns of kings? Yep. Is there anything to glean from the last bit with with Jaken? I mean, we know we know that like the other actor wants to kill, like the Sansa actor wants to kill the Cersei actor. It just seems like it's putting doubt, or at least it, suggesting that there's going to be doubt for Arya because it's a really petty, shitty thing to kill somebody for. And up until this point, it seems like she's only killed people for good reasons or survival mm-hmm. or yeah. you know re- just revenge. But killing someone because an actress is jealous over her competition. In in what is supposed to be a house of worship, it it feels dirty. Mm, right, and and that's you know after she gets like how noble their cause is because you know this is where they came from. When they find when she finds out like the contract was like over ego, maybe that will disenfranchise her or something. Faces men got to pay those bills though. Yeah, it kind of yeah. Faceless men gotta work. I was almost wondering if this was like pro bono work to like get Arya a chance to have this moral dilemma. Because how could this how could this two bit actress afford the faceless men? This is like the most expensive assassins guild in the fucking world. She gave all she had. Yeah. But they don't always they don't always charge a ton of money either. That's what yeah, I'm kind of saying. About Maybe there's other motives. Like, yeah. yeah. What was the weird conversation she was having the uh, the actress with the dwarf? Are they lovers or? I yeah. guess they're married or they're yeah. together. She's talking about babies. I think this was. I think the whole point of this conversation was to give more moral stakes to it. Like she's like seems like a good person and has a life and like Sansa or uh, Arya's just gonna kill her. Perfect. Do you think Jake and? chose this contract on purpose to uh, to have Arya watch this play and watch her dad die in the play to maybe he was watching her to see an emotional reaction and then she's also the she's she's killing the actress who played Cersei and Cersei is on her death list do you think that's maybe something too <laughs> that's kind of what hmm. I was getting at before Probably. I, I think part of the motive is definitely to put Arya to the test I think this is an important test for her is this the first time that we've gotten anything out of the spoiler chapters from Winds of Winter other than way back when uh, because there was a piece of the Mercy chapter in that one scene way back I think season 4 when Arya killed that one dude yeah well Marin trans the clear comparison to what happens in Mercy (laughs) no 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 not that it's when she's with she's in the tavern with Hound with the 
the hound. Oh, and she, okay. Yeah. Like, there's direct oh, okay. lines out of Mercy when she's uh, killing that dude. Oh yeah, the you know, what are you gonna make you right, know, yeah. carry me? And it just it was a weird out of body experience watching this because I'm like, is this we're way over the threshold now because this is unpublished stuff that they're drawing from from a book that hasn't been put out yet. It was just very surreal. Well, I mean, Stannis. Yeah, last and stop year saying sort that. Did that. Yeah, but we don't have anything about like we don't have a like a chapter where Stannis gets killed. We have no, we have no, a chapter no, where Arya like, goes to a where play he's though. Stuck in the snow and all. And there will never be yet. a chapter where Stannis gets killed. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not a POV character. <laughs> so he's just going to commit suicide? <laughs> he's going to burn himself. Yep. Stop it. He'll pull a Benjen. And become Dario? Stannis is going to rescue Bran. He's, <laughs> he's actually beyond the wall. He's going to rescue Bran and uh, Mira on their sleigh. Because he's still alive. Yes. I'm, gonna, I'm going to use your segue, Matt. Dario's segue to go to the Iron Islands. Where, you know, <laughs> where Dario is, is claiming da- the crown. Exactly. Dario is your own. The Dario moot. Yes, yes, indeed. Where Yara makes her claim at the king's moot when the Ironborn are skeptical of having a queen. When Balon's male heir is present, Theon steps forward to announce his support. Just as the crowd is beginning to accept, Yara, Euron arrives to make his own petition. He freely admits to killing Balon, who he calls a failure as a leader. He shares his plan to conquer Westeros by pledging the Ironborn to Daenerys Targaryen and marrying her. The Ironborn choose to support him, and while he is being drowned, Yara and Theon flee with the best ships in the fleet in tow. Euron all, orders, the ships. All, all, of them. all the ships. All of them. Don't worry, all he's going to build another 1,000. Uh, Euron, there's trees on the Iron Islands. Yeah, you know? so yeah, Euron yeah. orders the the Ironborn to cut down some trees and begin building his massive fleet. So yes. Both also, the first thing he I, says I'm when he wakes up is like, "Let's go kill my like niece and nephew." He's the king now. He <laughs> like, whatever he wants. It's good to be the king, Matt. Did you know that yeah. from history of the world? Well, and yes. technically they would have just committed treason, I guess. So yeah, but he didn't know. He just woke up. He's like. Where the fuck's my niece and nephew? Let's go kill him. Well, we gotta kill him. Yeah. I also assume the here, plan right? was as soon as he has the power of the monarchy or whatever, he's gonna just immediately kill his, his only contenders. But yeah. Yeah. Power yeah. of monarchy? Did you see that throne or a crown? It sucked. Yeah, the <laughs> I mean, they just like <laughs> that, that was the cell throne. He was actually wearing it on his head. That was it. <laughs> the salt chair, <laughs> or whatever. Just a bunch of salt. But can we talk uh, about the way that he brought him? That he passed whatever loopy test that was. That I was under the impression that like the the drowned, uh, the priests of the drowned gods could like do some form of CPR where they breathe life. Yes, and that's something yeah. that Aaron does. Like he breathes life back into him. That's why he's like one of the best drowned right. priests because he but doesn't in lose this world, people. They let you lie on the beach and then you just wake up and that's. I was like, he he should die. They should all die. I think I guess the idea is that if you can like resuscitate yourself, it's like a divine signifier from the drowned god. Yeah, but it's still absurd. Like <laughs> I guess they they should all yeah. die and there'll be five uh, people alive yeah. in Aaron Islands. Yeah. <laughs> if you can, like, if you can come back, then hey. But is this? Are we? Is the show telling us this is really only something done with the kings? Possibly, yeah. Possibly, I don't know. because we've never seen yeah, this before. Otherwise, they'd be killing people all the time. What did they do with Theon in the second season? Was it something? They just they, they just poured water on his head. They never drowned. Yeah, him. yeah they like they baptized him basically. Yeah. Well, don't yeah. they do that in the books where like Aaron's like you haven't been drowned? Like, yeah, the, cra- yeah, yeah. Cravens, water the cravens head. just have the water poured in their head. Like the real people yeah. get drowned. Yeah. The real people like, get get choked to death. Yeah. Are fucking stupid. The part I found more, I don't know. I'm just not buying Euron's actor at all. He just seems like the weird stoner mm. uncle to me, not like the fierce, <laughs> fierce badass that he supposedly is in the, in the book. Yeah. Well, he goes I like that. that weird Swedish accent and then like yeah, the yeah, British accent. And, I, I think yeah, it's Danish. I, I, 
I love that part where no, he's just kind of uh, unhinged, weird dude. That's fine. But the part where, you know, there's no one else at the King's Mood except for uh, Yara and Theon. And people are like, screw a woman. And then Theon's like, no, no, I no wish not I could. me, her. Yeah, and then it seems, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then it seems, uh, it's, it's everything seems good. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. She's she's done a good job. And they're all kind of with it. And then out of nowhere, Euron's like, murdered Balon. All right, all right, you're the king. Well, the kind of fucked up part is Yara never even gets a chance to, like, make her case. We never really yeah. hear what she her plan dump, is. She didn't dump her pine cones. She yeah. didn't dump her chest well, pine cones. I, we That's don't like, need the pine he, cones necessarily, but, like, we never hear any kind of plan from her. We just hear, like, she's going to yeah. make a fleet, and we have no idea, like, what the point of that is. So, obviously, they would pick Euron because he, <coughs> he is an actual, like, something. Both of their even, claims would have been better if they had some other guy go first, which is what they both did, you know? Yeah. We're not even ready. F- all that. <laughs> Theon has to like make the has to make kind of her speech for her sort of even on this and yeah like I was watching like the on the after the Thrones guys they're like I guess we learn here that it's best to go last and I'm like yeah the book makes a point of that <laughs> that yeah, like you don't want to be one of the people. first three or four idiots <laughs> like you want to you want to let you know the old people and the people that have no chance go first and get their little moment and then you come in and you, you know be a boss yeah and those uh, crazy people who can warg into uh, orcas or whatever seals <laughs> Yep. Lord Gilbert Farwind. 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 He wanted Lord, to go to Lord of go to Valinor. Yeah, he he wanted to go to like the Sunset Islands where like there's always summer or whatever. <laughs> he was crazy pants. What if he was right? Was though? The- he was right. Yeah. How is Theon that mentally strong though? That's like, been a he, while. Dude, he got his haircut. He's looking good. This guy's fucking. <laughs> he got his groove back. Remember, it's been like a month because Littlefinger had to travel to the wall, so it's been a while. He's had some time to recover. Were those like all the captains of the ship, or just random people? Uh, no, obviously, it wasn't the captain. It's the super Steve. delegates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. We're hiding behind oh. the rock, getting ready. To- the Iron Islands. There were, <laughs> there were a few people there. Wait, are you, are you saying it's as broken as like? Our system is no. Their system. Oh, absolutely. You have the super delegates of the shield banging that occurs, and it's obviously yep. more valuable than if you say someone's name. In the broad strokes of it, it's really dumb, but it's just so rare in the show to have two characters have actual camaraderie that's not based in material gain or leverage or political gain. It's just he is here. He is her brother, and he has nowhere else to go. But he is willing to stand up for her. And yeah. I don't know. I like that they're just in it together, and that's what made the scene worthwhile to me. It just felt like it had an actual, genuine emotion at its heart. I like that they they still they they stick together when they leave. They steal the fleet, and they're just like, "We're out of here." Shouldn't they plan against that? Like you're on, like, "Hey, when I'm getting drowned, maybe have some people watch over." But no one knew he was alive 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe slow this process down a little bit, right? You have two months before the American president gets inaugurated. We need a a recount. (laughs) You could say this is the show's problem, but actually the Ironborn are just that awful. So (laughs) it's not not really uh, an oversight. But a may never die. How did Asha have so many people to, like, pilot or to crew... (laughs) 150 ships. Let's get them all out. Oh, there's so many. Because they were, they were, they were just on the ship still. Obviously, they were just kind of. She probably had she's set just it up like, saying, "Guess who won like, the Queen's Moot?" Yeah, I'm yeah. That's queen. What, <laughs> this is this is what I'm guessing happened. Is she said, "Okay, we're gonna have this King's Moot and be ready because you know we're gonna leave." She knows all these people, and they were just sitting there ready. And she shows up and it's like, "Yep, it's me. We're out of here." 
Like that, that's probably what happened. So, so shall we speculate what what is her next step? <laughs> what's what's next for Yara? I think they're going to join up with John. Yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. go kill all those Dornish ladies. She has to go make out with some Dornish ladies from the preview. Right. Or that. I hope Carl the maid's on one of those on her ship at least. What what if Not she's Trace. crazy enough to just like take Euron's plan and be like, eh, let's, let's go to Dar- Danny. <laughs> you know there's gonna be Ironborn and Marine next episode, so it's gonna be one of them or the other. It's gonna be one of them. <laughs> we got the a thousand ships, guys, they're done. <laughs> they're really tiny ships, but they're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun for sure maybe they'll find Gendry oh maybe I was the, the Gendry speculation I saw was that we'll get to it but that's where Mira and Bran are gonna go they're just gonna run over to Gendry's boat and, and run <laughs> oh, he better be a white escape walker. that's where he was but yeah let's go let's go to Vizdothrak where on an outlook Danny tells Jorah that she will accept him again but Jorah says that she cannot revealing his grace scale to her Jorah says that he will end things before the infection spreads too far north and admits his love to her. Danny stops him before he can leave and reminds him that he is still contractually obligated to remain with her and tells him that they will find a cure together. The Dothraki depart the city with the Dragon Queen leading them. So, yes, next bit with Danny and Jorah. And they're back together some weird way. This is the most anime scene in the whole Oh, yeah. Show. And I ate it all up. Just anime him. explained this to me. I didn't see any tentacles. <laughs> it's just him about to ride away, and she's like, Jor of the Andals, you know, find a cure, and you'll come back. Like, it was just very overly heartfelt. Like, it played its earnestness a little too much. And it just, it did, it felt very pat. I still liked it because, again, I like it when these characters actually <laughs> convey strong emotion. Yeah. He's dead, right? Like he, this is this was his goodbye. This is he's done. No, he's gonna go find a cure. Uh, no, there's obviously a cure if they mention cure. No, <laughs> he just needs to die. I read some speculation that he's gonna get. He is gonna get a Victorian's volcano arm that's gonna cure his grace. That'd be awesome. Wait, how does that oh. cure his grace? Find oh, a red priest. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, Red Priest, you know, just does the little magic and fixes his arm. Well, we've got one, so, yeah. Awesome. God damn All it, right. can someone find the sound clip of Peter saying, he's got a volcanic arm, how awesome is that? He's, he's got a volcanic arm. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you are. That's it. Peter, Peter, are you here? Peter? Yeah. <laughs> I've just, I've just been hunting in the forests of Finland. <laughs> is that Count Dracula? He came back from the king's mood, how appropriate. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know Peter sucked blood. <laughs> it was clearly uh, not you know, not uh, Transylvanian. That was uh, clearly more uh, Icelandic <laughs> or Denmark. Where he's from? I forget. They're all the same to me. I'm American. <laughs> yeah, I'm a total. Uh, at least with the show, Danny Joy Shipper. So I ate up all the anime and the the bullshit. I'm a big fan. It was fun, anime. Yeah. I enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. It was very cheesy. I'm looking forward to all the videos on YouTube, the like AMVs of this. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Marine, then, where we have Tyrion and Varys assessing the state of the city after the accords with the Master. According to Grey Worm, murder is way down, so that's good. But Tyrion says it isn't enough and that the people need to see that Daenerys was responsible for this victory. He summons a red priestess to the throne room. She quickly throws in the support of herself and her followers, believing Daenerys to be the chosen leader of the Lord of Light. Varys questions the veracity of this claim, citing Melisandre's belief in the now-defeated Stannis. The priestess Kinvara, which I believe is her name, turns the tables when she recounts the story of his castration and his own encounter purportedly with, with oh, Rolor. I was just amazed at how attractive she 
looked and what she really looks like when she takes off her little necklace thing. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> they all are like oh. that. They're all just like a thousand. Years old. <laughs> They're all old French ladies underneath the. <laughs> they draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Uh, put it back on. Put it back on. <laughs> Definitely a pretty lady, <laughs> for sure. Nice eyes. So, Mikal, I had another thought on this scene as well about how this seems to be a parallel between the sort of moves that Tyrion and Cersei are making, where Cersei's obviously throwing her threw her lot in with the the High Sparrow, and it obviously went back to bite her. Is that going to be how it plays out with Tyrion, or is he in a better position? Well, Tyrion's not arming them, so. That's yeah, but he's giving theory. them power to, to preach a message. There's still room for... Yeah, yeah, but that Daenerys it won't is, matter. Like, the person. And yeah. they're, not, they're going to do that anyways. It's not like they can stop the Red Priest from... Yeah, sure. I, uh, it seems the like they're more stuff. devoted to the... It seems like it fits with their philosophy that they would be legitimately devoted to Daenerys as, like, the prince who was promised to Azor uh, High or something. So I can... I think it might work out better that way, but I can still see how this could go sour if, if like, the sort of, like, actions we know the Red Priests make with, you know, burning people and whatnot, this, like, this could get bad. Well, are we led to believe that she's, like, the uh, head of <clears throat> the head of the Red Priestess Church because like the guy high, gave her yeah, a, high a, a grand introduction and everything. Yeah. But if that would be a pretty big parallel, unless she's just like um, the head priestess of Marine, like a, a Red Queen. No, she's from. No, they imported her. She's from Volantis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they didn't mention yeah. that she was from. I know they mentioned like thank you for making the journey. I didn't know if they said Volantis. And, and, and she has she before? has all of Benero's titles. Yeah, we right, saw because her the, it, the, Yeah, that was who Tyrion saw, right? No, that was an Asian girl. Yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't her. I just assumed that was them, like, talking to each other. I thought it was supposed to be the same person, though, because she was like, I recognize you, Tyrion, I saw you on the Great Bridge, right? They might have just recast that character. And when they they introduced that lady in Volantis, she was, like, the high priest, I think. Yeah. We never heard that, did we? That she was anyway. Like I, my oh, that could be, but my thought was always like people are reporting back to her, or she was like in the shadows, or she's seeing it in the flames, or something like that. Oh, wait, wait a minute! Didn't she say something about like her fire will like scour all the non-believers on the bridge of Atlantis or something? Am I making that up? I thought she said like just like burn all the non-believers, and that's when Tyrion's like, no, wait a minute, <laughs> no, we can't do that. <laughs> Which is which is the a point I think in, in what Michal is saying that like it's going to be a problem if they start burning blasphemers left and right. But it won't matter. I mean, the, that Dothraki horde shows up and like oh, yeah. I don't know this yeah. whole mar- this whole marine shit is done. They're getting out of there. The dra- Dothraki aren't going to sit around and be your like your city guard while you know you decide what to do. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, you know you gotta you. I, I just think you gotta warm up before you take the Seven Kingdoms. You have to destroy SS, right? Yeah, yeah that's you all. gotta yeah warm up game. We have to to destroy Essos. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll start with the stuff beyond the wall with the first sequence we get, where Bran and the Three-Eyed Raven watch as a group of children of the forest gather around a heart tree and impale a man with a piece of dragon glass. The man's eyes go cold, and he takes the shape of the Night's King, or Night King, or whatever he is, Uh, and Bran returns to the present and questions Leaf about this. She explains that there were no other options, and that the White Walkers were created to stop the threat of men. That is why they exist. Oh, I don't like, do not like. (laughs) I don't know, I actually kind of like the idea. The execution obviously was very rushed, but the audiences even know, like, normal TV, not us, normal TV audience, do they even know what Children of the Forest are yet? Before they all killed? They do now. I can't imagine that like that reveal has any impact on a, a show watcher, but it is just it, it's insane that like if this is legit that they've pulled this information from George that this 
giant mystery from the books has just been dropped at our feet and is it's it's like bar- like one sentence like oh yeah we created the white walkers to stop men boom moving on but it's just crazy <laughs> i like how their uh, nuclear option got away from them so it led me to believe that maybe like lady stoneheart you know or frankengregor like something that was supposed to be like the savior is gonna just end up you know just going ballistic and killing everyone. Sorry, Lady Stone who? What are, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? She's going to show up. Don't worry about it. Robert Gregor. It would be very yes. like George to to write a weapon of mass destruction type thing, killing everybody or turning out poorly for everybody because he's kind of a hippie. Yeah. Just because he's anti-war does not mean he's a hippie, Jack. <laughs> I got reminded of the scene in the books where... Bran is talking to one of the children, I think, Leaf, and she was talking about, like, there's no room for children of the forest in men's world. And I thought back to that, that has to be, you know, this reveal in the show has to be canon. Yeah. Well, people have already gone back and looked at different quotes and things from the book and tried to piece this together. There's one bit, I can't remember who said it, someone said, I think it was actually, like, Cotter Pike or something, who said something like, the children in the forest head, like, were making, like, snowmen or something like that. What could could be read as a possible hint to this. I think this was, like, an established theory, right? Already, that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's just, I just, you know, none of us like getting these confirmations, but it, it was a pretty powerful scene to see, and yeah. just having it click, like, oh, I just wish, I just wish I didn't get it this way, you know, I wish it could have been in the books. But, yeah, but this is, this is the bargain uh, we all I don't for, mind right? it. Like, this is what we should have yeah. expected. Like, this is going to happen. Oh, I'm, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm here by choice. I consented yeah. to being spoiled like this. Like, yeah. it's fine. What did she yeah, stick but... into his heart? Is it obsidian? Yeah, It looked like it. I, I don't know how it turns anyone into a White Walker, but whatever. Well, but I think... Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe they don't have very clear details on that, so they just went with kind of whatever, and maybe that sort of makes sense because they're vulnerable to it, and so maybe, you know, maybe that's kind of their kryptonite because they're made by that, I don't know. This would have been, they would have made this, like, super weapon to fight, not the Andals, this would have been the first men? I mean, this would have been the first men, not the Andals, correct? Because the Andals uh, would have been there, obviously. No, 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 it would No, be because they made a piece, right? Oh, right. I get it all mixed up. This yeah. would have been to fight the Andals. Yeah, Does that make right. Sense? Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's very much in the nature of what we know about the children of the forest. Like they they did a few like major bits of magic, very destructive, like yeah, you like know, long lasting magic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Yeah, they flooded the neck and like broke the arm of Dorn and broke the arm of Dorn, yeah. Yeah. Was anybody else cheering for Tower of Joy when Bran was crawling across the room? Hopefully he downloaded it on his like MP3 player after he left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like it looked like there was quite an upload at the end there. So. Yes. yes, indeed. I I was talking with 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 Alex here Lucky Charms about this last night and we we agreed that this trope of of sort of like the the creation gone rogue is cool but but how it kind of diminishes the mythology of, of the White Walkers. They're basically just dogs to kill, to kill them. And the, I don't know, it kind of, if, the, if it's the big overarching mystery of the series, it kind of... We kind were of, discussing how, how this trope is like the bread and butter of science fiction. Yep, they like science. It's sort of out of place in fantasy. It's yep. sort of against the grain. They are, they are basically Cylons. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or xenomorphs. <laughs> Perfect, yep. Done. So say we all. Sorry, did we miss that? Did somebody say that uh, Bran was a fucking idiot? <laughs> no. Well, we haven't gotten to the part where he goes by himself to the White Walkers yet, but. Oh, okay. Sorry. So Bran's a fucking idiot in the next scene. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. So, 
So I have, a, I have a very long summary here. I'm going to go through everything. Okay. But when we get to the discussion proper, we're going to go through it because obviously there's going to be a lot to say. We'll we'll start with like thoughts on on the piece with the, the attack of the others in summer and everything. Then we'll move to the stuff with with Hodor and everything. Let us go. So Bran is bored and the three-eyed raven is asleep, so he decides to go on a vision quest without the training wheels. This immediately goes badly as he is transported to a mustering ground for the others and the whites. He is spotted and the Night's King lays his hand on Bran's arm before he can escape. The three-eyed raven tells him that their safe haven is compromised and they must flee before the White Walkers arrive. Bran and the raven go into a vision to purportedly transfer knowledge. Meanwhile, Mira shares what she hopes to do when they return home to, to Hodor, but she stops when she notices the air going cold. She steps outside to find the army of the dead assembled. The children of the forest hold them off as long as they can with fire and bath bombs, <laughs> but the, the army reaches the cave. The group fends them off for a moment, but Summer is overcome by the tide of the dead. Mira tries to reach Bran, and he hears her calls for help. He works into Hodor, and they make a run for it with the whites hot on their heels. Or cold on their heels, in the case maybe. The Night's King arrives and kills the Three-Eyed Raven. Leaf sacrifices herself to give them a little more time. They escape the cave, but the army is close behind. Mira shouts at Hodor to hold the door, and Bran, hearing this order, wargs into the young Hodor, which causes him to collapse in a seizure. Hold the door, the boy echoes again and again, and that is exactly what the Hodor of the present does until he is overwhelmed by whites. Willis continues to shout the words until all he can say is Hodor. So yes, I'm still not really over that, but we'll get to that. No, I actually got chills while you were just <laughs> summarizing yeah. it too. Which yeah, yeah it, was good. it was good. Yeah, so, but first let's talk a little bit, obviously, Bren's dumb move to, to go on his quest, and he, he screws everything up for everybody. I don't think you can blame brand either just because he's working with extremely limited information because this old guy will mm-hmm. not tell him anything yeah so i don't i don't feel like it's his fault at all I, he might have you know he didn't exercise the right amount of caution but you know he should have been told and but other than that you know it was a pretty amazing scene him walking through the army of the dead and getting all these close-ups you know who got guys missing their jaws and pieces of their skull mm-hmm. just really atmospheric and beautifully shot was anyone else looking for Benjen? <laughs> no. Always looking for Benjen. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. we, can we just saw him in Dario. Right, yeah. <laughs> we can speculate, like, what what's going to happen next with Mir and Bran, obviously, because, like, they're fucked if something doesn't happen. <laughs> what can <laughs> happen next? <laughs> oh, you mean where the the whites that, like, run ultra fast can't Are, like, only about 20 feet behind? Yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. I guess I was just coming for the more like if I was Bran and I saw the Night's King, I would be scared shitless and trying to get the fuck out. You'd be trying to unplug like, your weir phone. How does he know how to do that? Because I thought he would have done that like later. Like, does he not know how to like unplug? Click your heels. Through. Oh wait, you can't because he can't walk. I forgot. Ah, uh, well he can walk in the visions. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that got dark. <laughs> The children of the forest know that obsidian can kill them, and they actually take out one with a spear, right? What the fuck are they doing throwing firebombs? Well, they're, that's for because the, the whites. Because the undead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's not Because that many the firebombs work against the, the whites, but not the white walkers, Matt. Exactly. Oh, I see. I wish there were minions there. That would have been so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish the, mi- the minions surrounded the cave. They're not smart minions. Well, they didn't know about the south en- uh, exit, you know? 
I'm just picturing minions surrounding the cave now. They would have screwed like it up. Stepping on each other and <laughs> each other out. Uh, now we need someone to make like a minion, like little cartoon <laughs> yeah, of this, without... of this scene. Where they, where they, no, they end up they killing the others. They all get It'd be super sad if uh, the minions killed Hodor. No, they would just be like handing the. They would ha- hand the other like some obsidian, and he'd die. Like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Mira gets a White Walker kill here. She's one of the three people who have that distinction. I really liked. I, I can't recall her name, but I really liked Mira's acting in this whole sequence. It was Ellie something or other. So, can you clarify for me what actually they did? They just say because I didn't actually. This is the one time I didn't watch the uh, little oh. interview at the end. He did well, he say hey. like George told us all this stuff again? But yeah. Yeah, he said the Hodor thing is from George, basically. Which, shut the fuck up, just... Oh, <laughs> breathe, count to ten. No, I know, I know. I, I, like, by watching the show, I accepted the fact that I'd be spoiled by the books, but, like, I don't need to know which specific okay. scenes. I know, That's but, true. but I do agree let's, with just, that. let's just say the Hodor thing, there's no way they would have come up with that on their own. They even said as much. So you don't need a direct confirmation that George did that. Like Hodor means hold the door. No, they wouldn't have come up with that. I mean, the problem well, the problem isn't a spoiler. The context. The problem is it's the context. And it's also and it's also they're using George as a crutch. Mm-hmm. So that's saying that okay, if well, this sounds if this is great, okay, cool, yeah, George came up with that. This yeah, is awesome. You could read it that. Stuff, George came up with that. Well, you can Don't read blame it. Us. George came up with that. You can read it that way, but what if? I mean, there's there's like confirmation now online. Like people predicted this, and there's that one link of the. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. There's there's a link of the guy like like talking to George in the in the uh, elevator, and he says like, "You don't know how close you are on the hold the door thing." So yeah. if people went and discovered that, they would be pissed at David and Dan for not giving George credit. So it's a it's a. As I think Shadow yeah. said on the forums, what? it's a damned if you do, damned what? if you don't situation. I, they would, would they? be like yeah, they would if he if they had just said like oh we this is our idea. I do you think that that's actually on point? I mean yeah you can we like to throw David and Dan under the bus. I enjoy it a lot, but I think in this point I think they're trying to be gracious and saying yeah this is not our material. We took yeah. it and we adapted it, but George came up with it and that's credit where credit is due. And, and that was really? very clearly their tone in that in that little interview. So I guess it just sounds like a crutch to me, and also. Like, George can still change this. He doesn't have to follow through with this. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he didn't tell them this and this wasn't his original outline. So, I mean, it came from him either way. I actually right? think we have that story about the guy in the elevator. I think George actually stole the idea from that guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he came up with it. Yes, great. Oh, that's brilliant. I saw, like, several stories being like, look at this person. And then we dug up something from Westeros from years, like, and something from Reddit. And where people just were, like, basically joking, being like, eh, it means hold the door. And, like, not even anywhere near this context. Yeah, well, I was like, why don't you bring up a theory where someone was like, oh, I think Bran's gonna, like, mind screw, like, Hodor and break him. Like, no yeah. no one brought that up. They just brought where people were like, oh, Hodor means hold the door because they're close. Like, I'm well, saying that's, that's what, not, that's that's what, what George could have told them was that Hodor means hold the door. We don't know that he told them all the context for it, so it could be completely different in the books, even if it does mean hold well, the door. I think it would be something remotely similar. Maybe not exactly the same way it plays out, but... Maybe he just held the door for Bran when he was a kid, and he was yeah. like, thanks, Hodor, hold well, the door. It could have been, <laughs> like, been, been Bloodraven, it could have been, you know, like, yeah, it could yeah, be different, yeah, yeah. but I, f- I feel like it's still going to be someone reaching into the past. But I, I, I feel like the mind. seeds are planted for it to be Bran, just with the fact that he's working into Hodor already. Like It just seems like that's how it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. any case, pretty... it was very emotional. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure when I read it on the page, I'll feel even more emotional than yeah. this scene was. And this oh. was one of the few episodes that end, I think ended with no music. There was just nothing at the end. I mean, the only one mm-hmm. other one I remember that is when... Um, Red Wedding? Red Wedding, right? This was certainly the most emotionally affecting moment ever that the show has had for me, because obviously I, I knew Red Wedding going in, I knew Ned going in, I knew Oberyn yeah. going in. But this is the first time like they had the first first shot at it and I, I thought they did a great job with it and it definitely like it, it definitely ripped me up like I even I rewatched the episode today and I it was it was hard to watch like really hard to watch yeah I haven't rewatched it yet but I can imagine it would be even tougher a second time because the first time you're just like what is happening and just because it's pure spoiler for everything yeah and I mean the room was really dusty yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and I—I I, I mean, I'll probably get like yelled at for saying this, but I actually kind of think ah! that this this scene lends itself better to to action to film than maybe in the book. Like what they can do as far as cutting back and forth and just the like the auditory, you know, hold the door as it slowly, you know. I mean, you could write that in a book, and what George puts down may end up being like better. I'm not saying it won't be, but I think it's easier to do in this format. I just hope that in the books, Mara and Bran aren't as absolutely fucked as they are in the show. We'll have cold like, hands. Like, he's out there somewhere in the yeah. books. Like, Wait, where's Drogon? Where's Drogon? <laughs> Drogon? <laughs> what? <laughs> he's going to pick he, them up. He could be there. You never know. He could be there. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Kind of glossed ice over dragon. It. No one say ice dragon. No one say ice yeah, dragon. Yeah, but we kind of stop. <laughs> we glossed over it. But speaking of CGI animals, do, do we want to? Do you want to get mad about this also about summer, Matt? Anyone want to get, get mad? I'm already pissed. Everyone else, yes, you know, so mad. I mean, he just jumps into a crowd of knives and goes down like a fucking bitch. Like, ugh, it pissed me off. I wanted to see him like maybe like tear off a White Walker's head and then get killed or something well, I, it just seems so arbitrary and stupid I mean, and quick everyone's saying that, that he it was money. a noble sacrifice or something right but he bought them no, it wasn't. zero seconds exactly like, there was, he did if it was a if it was like a 10 second scene where he clearly like single-handedly stopped this oncoming wall and they had to deal with him and it got them just enough time to get to the door what well, like it would suck but okay but this just felt like, like, hey, look, there's a CGI animal, and he's behind the walkers, and you hear him scream, and it's over. That was I mean, cheap. That, Move on. It just seems like there was two reasons for this. I think the foremost being budgetary reasons, obviously, to get rid of another CGI animal. But I, in the staging of the scene, I, it follows with the rule of three format. You have three people sacrificing themselves. You have the wolf, and then the leaf girl, and then finally Hodor at the end. It just sucks that... Like this is, I mean, two direwolves in one season already. It, we don't know. And there's really but back to Adam's point. Like they could have just waited like a minute until they were in the hallway, and then like Ghost, uh, sorry, Summer could have like stayed behind before Leaf or after Leaf, and like by the last yeah, like at the seconds. at the door to buy them enough time to get Hodor set up. Like that could have easily been a thing. But how much does yeah. both of their sacrifices buys them? What ten seconds? It doesn't matter in the long run. Like. Yeah. Uh, it's, they're literally it's, walking well, to the yeah. sled. It's so, a question of so, staging, right? So. Right, yeah. it's a question of staging. Logically, yeah, they, none of them really bought them any time. The, the ice water, the, 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 the race was just really slow for some reason. But, <laughs> but the way the shot leaves thing was like, she, she then stops. She stands. She then throws a grenade and holds a grenade on herself. And then Summer was just literally seconds. He appears out of nowhere because he literally just showed up for the first time in the episode. And then, it's, and then he's gone. 
a bunch of things jumped on him. Yeah, and the wall never stopped. The wall of walkers just it just kept coming. It just makes me wonder what the wool like the point of the direwolves right. is or yeah. is going to be because now it just seems like they're killing them for emotional shock value. You know, it's fine when it's just Grey Wind because it's just <clears throat> excuse me, it's just the one wolf. But now it's like you know, well, Shaggy yeah, Dog was awful, and now it's just that we have two left, and it's like, what is the point of the direwolves? Well, I don't yeah, think right. the direwolves are going to be like a major weapon. Like they're going to somehow win the war or something. So maybe that's just get rid of them. But I do think they're going to have a point. Like in the book, I think that at least for well, at least for Bran, like probably John. Um, I mean, the show obviously just over over the seasons obviously never invested in a direwolf less and less every season. And I think someone in the forums was saying, "Oh, you can't you can't you know say what the showrunners' motives are because you don't know what they're thinking." Okay, sure, yeah, but every, throughout every season, direwolf has, has appeared less and less, and they've become more and more marginal to the story. And it, because they're expensive. <clears throat> Because they're expensive, <laughs> and they they're willing to spend money yeah. on dragons because dragons are cool. Yeah, and like they ne- they never really made them big enough, and even like even if they just kept them dog size, that's hard to work with. And I don't think they they just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame them for that bit because they've always tried to do stuff off screen and stuff. But when you're gonna kill them off, don't just don't deliver a severed head for effect, and don't just kill kill him for don't kill summer for no reason like summer could have easily been with them on the other side and they and the result would have been the same Who the and he should is be Bran gonna warg into now mira <laughs> oh gosh i bet he'd like to uh, if I, you know what yeah, I mean. he doesn't he doesn't uh, have to warg uh, <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i'm not it's not a really a big deal to me personally because as you guys have said it's clear that they've never really been invested in really doing much with the direwolf so it's like it's not a big deal to me that 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 summer was killed like because you hate animals i don't hate animals isn't that right i don't hate animals i just don't i mean i they're fun in the book but yeah they're if they're not going to use them why keep them around you know it's it's just i don't know it's obviously a budget thing and i totally get it's kind of disappointing for us book readers that they don't get a last stand but like at least intellectually it made sense that summer just went out like this in the situation like well like yeah it's something he would do right so why do you hate fun Uh, i hate it (laughs) I must hate fun more because I I found the whole entire last scene to be incredibly lame. We hate no. fun in different ways, Bing. <laughs> it was so uh, fun. Did you explicate it, that, Bing? I'd like to hear your thoughts. The ice grenades are incredibly lame. It looks like a B grade fantasy movie. The the the, the whole plotting with the the, the 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 various sacrifices, it all felt incredibly cliche. Yeah. Uh, the the whole, um, and I don't care if this came from George himself. The whole the door thing is incredibly stupid to me. Oh, what? It's not, and it's not like all right. I can explain any further. I think we're done here. Looks like we have to fight. <laughs> yep. All right, get, get your swords. Let's go. <laughs> Trial of the seven. One man leaves. <laughs> I am Asian, and so apparently I know when ninja moves. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I didn't say it. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you walk through walls? Because then you're not a ninja. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Can you? If you can walk through walls, you are a ninja. Let's be very clear at this point. <laughs> anyway, it's not anything like. It's not anything I can explain any further than that. It just. It's a gut feeling I had. It was incredibly lame to me. I think there's a camp that definitely agrees with you. I think a lot of people either just really love this episode or just found it lame, especially that last bit. And I mean, something about whenever they the, like the White Walkers show up and they're crawling off walls and stuff, I find like extremely creepy and scary and also a little hokey. And that's just uh, like a budgetary thing, and I can get over that. 
because you know they don't have the money of mm-hmm. uh, like a major blockbuster to spend. I really like the way that they're they, they're basically set up as like a kind of tide that's just unstoppable. I, I'm a fan of that actual that kind of framework. I like the concept. I just sometimes you can see the seams. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's not that's not a fault of theirs. I think they're doing a good job with the budget they have. Just based on the ad revenue, because HBO is like the number one show on TV, they should be able they to. They don't have commercials. They they no <laughs> yeah, there's not that. The 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 revenue is the subscribers, right? And then they yeah. sell. They do license the content and sell DVDs and whatnot. But <laughs> it's still like, is it like a hundred million a season? Yeah, it's, or? It- it's, it's still the biggest budget now. for a TV show ever. Like it's still massive. Yeah, it's huge, it's, and they the have to the allocate day, it. Yeah, it's a TV show that needs ten episodes, and there's only so much. Yeah, there's only so much money that you can have. Ultimately. Yeah, I mean, so you have to do a, a, an off-screen battle to have an on-screen battle, sort of thing. Right. I mean, it's yeah. not so much about upping the effects and make it look. I don't know. It, it's just a lot of the things that they set up, which is just incredibly lame to me. And even the hold, hold the door thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it like the feels- skeleton walkers. I don't like yeah. those. I love how Army of Darkness bad though. Yeah, Jason and the Argonauts. I love it. I wish they yeah. had like, pirate swords. <laughs> <laughs> Yarr. They're called cutlasses. Come on. But Bing, I agree with you to a point. I, the only place I disagree, I diverge from your opinion is with the whole Hodar death scene because that still like affected me greatly. But sure. I thought it did come off really B roll and like really eye rolly with just like all effects with the hand grenades and the fire and then like just how they had to set up the scene and like less of the scene and how they had to set up like the structure in a way that they could kind of escape and it all seemed rather contrived but at the same time it was kind of enjoyable yeah, yeah I mean, sure we can all have our opinion of how it was yeah like i liked it and like i totally get why you didn't like it being but yeah it's just yeah, it's fine. different strokes. Fine. Yeah. so guys are the children in the forest done like were those Extinct. four the last four? Oh yeah, yeah. yep that's yep. sad too. I guess. Uh, I really didn't like how just I don't know. You can see a lot of plot convenience, especially yep. in the White Walker scenes. Like uh, Mira is trying to wake up Bran, and she has the sword, and she can like turn around and kill one with one slash, and then sometimes they're impossible to kill. And I don't know. I you see a lot of that forced plot coming through in these scenes, and I don't like that. Do we want to to discuss at all like the time continuum thing? Like, do we really? really oh God! Do you want to get do into we? Hop in your yeah. DeLoreans, people. <laughs> we already did talk about it, guys. I just haven't told you yet. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, no, I just I would like to go through this just this part of it at least. So, is the understanding? So the understanding is that Bran wargs into young Hodor into Willis, and then Willis influences future Hodor, or that that. I don't know. Okay, do you guys have redone this? Uh, I think I it's that he, while he was in a vision, like he did something he wasn't supposed to do, is that he warged into someone in the vision. So in Hodor, in Willis's time, it's happening then, but in Bran's time, it's happening now. If that makes sense. Oh, Unless I see. He still okay. grew, grew so, up as Hodor, yeah, okay. but he had the well, he had that experience, but Bran didn't because Bran hadn't done it yet. Uh, someone on the forums was saying, "Look, well, you'd have to have two brands or something because they're both being warged into," and I think. I, mean, I don't think we're going to get some sort of technical explanation of this, because why? But <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. But I, I think what that what they, like what they said after the episode was that uh, like this goes down really quickly, and so Blood Raven is basically just trying to overload Bran with as much knowledge as he can. Like in this in this, it's like a real condensed download, and he gets stuck kind of. So I'm thinking that it's maybe some sort of feedback created by. 
like him hearing that they needed help, but he's still kind of in that dream state. And then either he did this, or it's like partially Blood Raven, or I don't know. Well, that's interesting because obviously a huge piece of this scene is whether or not Bran is to blame for what happens to Hodor. And the way you seem to be saying it, Adam, is that it wasn't really his fault. Is that how? Is that I, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's he's not he's not like in control necessarily. And but you do notice when Hodor actually starts, like when he finally gets up, it's right after. I think Mira is screaming, like, we need Hodor, like, wake up, Bran. And he sort of hears that, and then all of a sudden, uh, Hodor's eyes go white, and he kind of, he gets into it. But Bran still hasn't left. He's still stuck in there, and then he, and then I think maybe he's subconsciously controlling Hodor, and then by nature of that, he, like, subconsciously messes up past Hodor? It's a prisoner of Azkaban scenario. Uh, spoilers, spoilers. Oh, uh, yeah, wait. Hey, hey, yeah, 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 hey, hey, hey. Wait, uh, shout out to our They've upcoming... only been out for fucking... <laughs> hey, 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 he's shout reading out... them now. He's right. reading them now. Shout out to our upcoming <laughs> Harry Potter I just Potter started the first one. I just found out that yeah, Harry lives under a stairs. That's yes. just silly. The Dursleys are assholes. But anyway. we jo- join us for our upcoming Harry Potter reread series. Exactly. Yeah, we will be doing that, and Greg is going to be reading the books for the first time. So that's very exciting. If any of you, and if any of you listeners are into Harry Potter, that's happening. I'm most excited about hearing Greg's first-time impressions. <laughs> so, Bran, when he when he touches the Weirwood tree, he is seeing, and this is kind of in, injecting a little book logic, but in in the books, he's seeing through the eyes of the Weirwood trees, like he's seeing through right. the trees, the tree memory, and you can kind of pull that in the show too. Like he, the tree is having is acting as a conduit from from some sort of you know world memory or something and so when he jumps into hodor and takes control of him so he can fight is he projecting into his memories and somehow that gives him access to the past it's really muddy but i can like it seems like there's a dozen ways that we can explain that it's because this is a unique thing right he's not touching a tree he's not in like he's on the weirfy instead of like a like a wired connect a rooted connection or something I guess right like right, <laughs> did right you here. say weirfy yeah weirfy <laughs> every other time we've seen him he's he's touching a branch or something and now he's he's not touching anything so yeah I mean I, we've been pretty comprehensive obviously like again like I I totally think it worked and it, it definitely was for me like one of those red wedding type moments and. I, I will never get over it. I'll never be able to hold the door for anyone ever again. <laughs> so, fuck politeness. But can you hold door for, for someone? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was I was walking in to, to work today, and I there was a someone who I know watches the show, and he was ahead of me, and I asked him to hold door, and it was like a moment. <laughs> it was like, oh, you wa- you did watch and, it last night. Okay. Oh, that's so sad. And you're still employed? <laughs> I still employ him, yes. That'd be that'd be even more brutal if you told him to hold the door at, or Hodor and then you just fired him on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> like shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's my way of telling you you're no longer needed. <laughs> All right. Well, I think yeah we've we've covered it. So yes, that'll be that for for another episode of Dragoncast. Join us next week for a review of episode six titled What is it? What is that? Blood of my little blood. Little higher, Zach, please. Little blood, higher. Blood of my blood will be the next episode. Directed by Jack Bender. Uh, and written by... It's still David and Dan for that. Is it? Or is it uh, Brian Cogman? For next? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's still David and Dan for one more. But yeah, that'll be that. Thank you guys very much for joining me for this review. Thank you everyone very much for listening. You can check us out on iTunes, on the VOK Podcast, WordPress, on 
on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr, and of course, if you want to join the community, you can join us at a podcast com and Tinder also. Yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you very much, and we'll right. be back next time. Bye-bye. Grinder. And Grinder also. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Zach. Good night. Love you. Dippy dippy baloney. When he's saying like on this, on that, I kept thinking like he was about to fly off in a in a sleigh with some reindeer. I might. <laughs> on Blitzen, on Tinder, on Grinder, on Blender, on <laughs> KCupid. On Blender. Uh, Blitzen would be yeah. a great name for one of those. Blender doesn't sound. On YouTube, on Vine, on Twitch. On... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we on Twitch? <laughs> Not yet. <I> don't know. <laughs> Reddit, the red-nosed reindeer. Tippy-dippy baloney. Well, well is we, the idea that they're safe because they escaped into the mist and got like 100 yards from the, the trailers that someone on horseback arrives to save them? Cold hands? Vengeance. What? Oh, Cold hands would be right. Could it be? Elk, not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much, does, be a, a cold how much does a trained elk cost? Come on. I want to talk to you like geeks for the rest of, the rest of our VOQ time, Matt. Ain't okay with you. <laughs> Tippy dippy baloney. So Harry lives under the stairs? <laughs> he lives under the stairs. <laughs> yeah, you gotta throw in a little dish. In a little cupboard. And the Dursleys suck ass. No, it is you know known. When company comes over, obviously he's not living in the stairs because that would look really bad. Yeah, they have like a guest room for him or something. <laughs> they let him play in the backyard <laughs> at, a death at, room? at midnight. <laughs> it's it's like called a garden house. in England. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Right. <laughs> There's a nice bidet. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Probably does not help Harry Potter fan sounds like at all.
How do you know what a Harry Potter fan sounds like? <laughs> Expecto opinion. <laughs> Expecto Patronus. <laughs> That's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Cedric, run! All right, Cedric. That's not Latin. <laughs> None of it's Latin. It's They're all spells from Harry Potter, Craig. I know, Matt. I'm saying take her spells, spells from Harry are vaguely Latin. Okay. I know it's Meliarmus. Some of them are vaguely Latin, and some of them are like Drivus Caracus, like literally. Stupefy. Well, that's how Latin works. Repair you miss, and you go. That's Latin. Tippy dippy baloney. All right, Claudia, Someone, the fools. Zach, you should send this part to me, Hall. I think you appreciate I'll it. I'll probably it's include this part. It'll be okay we haven't recorded yet. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Is she still around? Does she want to uh, well, jo- jo- join for this amazing she, after show? She could, but I think we are about done here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, we're, I, think, I think we're done here. Got to say it for Paul. Expecto Dunnis. <laughs> no, Dunnis Maximus. And this... Shittish. <laughs> <laughs> Drop his collar. Skypus Endus. Endus Doris. Who is that laughing? Oh my god. Tippy dippy baloney. Anyway, guys. Anyway. I think we're about done. Expecto done. We're past. <laughs> Expecto Terminus. <laughs> That's a Walking Dead spoiler, Matt. Can't talk about Terminus now. Spoilers uh, about Otis Doris. Well, it's been fun as always, guys. <laughs> oh, we, we didn't go over the Hagrid Hodor comparisons. What? Save that for later. <laughs> what? Save save that for Harry Potter. They're both big. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. That's it starts it. with an That's H. That's basically it, yeah. Yep. If Holdors hold the door, what is Hagrid? You don't want to know. Red. <laughs> Red. Hand me, hand me that grid. <laughs> hand me that griddle, I'm hungry. <laughs> hand me that grid, please. <laughs> oh, are they wearing Tron suits? It's like Tron Man showed up. <laughs> You know, there's a button and it looks like a phone, but it's red. I'm going to click it. I'm going to click it, you guys. I'll talk to you later. I'm going to click the button. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hand me grilled vid.